Well, good morning, everyone. Um, so glad to be here with you. And uh, those of you that are joining live, we appreciate you uh, being a part uh, with us as well. Um, this morning, obviously, we're having some technical challenges. So Trish will have those handouts here pretty soon, hopefully. Um, I want to start off by just saying that um, a pastor, I think it was Wednesday night, you were mentioning how things are, are transitioning and they're changing rapidly. And that's putting it <laughs> rather mildly, I think, because uh, there's major expansion going on throughout uh, the nation of Brazil. And, and the Lord is doing some incredible things among us. But on the other hand, anytime we're moving forward, we know that the enemy is not going to be uh, happy or excited about what's going on and he's going to do everything he can to try to stop our forward uh, momentum and we have to consciously and purposely within ourselves stand no matter what what's going on around us and no matter what's going on inside of us because some of the things that are that the Lord is igniting in us and activating are as pastor mentioned they're new and they're different and you know sometimes it takes a little while to get uh, acclimated to what his spirit is doing on the inside of us and this morning I want to share with you uh, just something that the the spirit kind of led me to and it wasn't something that was real one of those, those explosive times it was just I was reading one night in the bed, and, and a verse kind of stood out to me. And it's uh, related to the Hebrew word pa'am. And I had never really thought much about this particular phrase. And um, I know pastors written about it and uh, talked about it in a lot of different ways. But um, it really struck me... Um, how this this word is used throughout it's only used five times in the old testament which is really interesting and i've got all five of those instances um in front of you here and i know i've got a long extended passage here in genesis 41 but we're going to look at just a lot of different things that took place in the midst of this this hebrew word pa'am being used and i put a subheading there underneath that pa'am as Elohim is showing what he's about to do. And we're going to look specifically at the life of, of Joseph. And then we're going to look at Daniel. And these two individuals, I mean, we, we've heard teaching about them, but these two individuals were incredibly gifted. I mean, unbelievably gifted by God to do extraordinary things. And... This word pa'am, if you'll look at the definition there, it means to it means to tap, to beat regularly, or to impel, or, or in some instances, uh, to agitate. And depending on the context that it's used, it, it you, you can deduce whether it's an agitation of sorts. And uh, so as we look through this, I just pray the Lord will help us see. There are some deep insights in here, and I, I am not even going to begin to touch the surface of what's here. But, but I know enough in my spirit to know that God, he's moving in some strange ways in these passages. I mean, very strange ways. They don't make any sense to my human thinking. Um, and 
Sometimes as I was looking at this, I would, I would go, man, this is really odd. Why would he do this? Uh, why would he give an incredible dream to Pharaoh just to kind of start this off? Um, I mean, I'm thinking, God, you've got so many other people around you. Why couldn't you just give that type of a dream to um, Joseph himself? Or why did he do this through Pharaoh? But let's look at this first passage, and this involves Pharaoh and Joseph. And it speaks of where there's going to be many, many years of plenty and then many years of great famine. And so in Genesis 41, beginning in verse 1, it says this, And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed. And behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine and fat-fleshed, and they fed in the meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up out of the river as well, ill-favored and lean-fleshed. And stood by the other kind upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and the lean-fleshed kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind. And so Pharaoh awoke. What a bizarre dream. And I'm not going to go into the details of it. But we have all experienced this to some degree where, um, where the Lord comes to us in a dream. And I know we're looking at Pharaoh here, but the principles you know, can, can, can apply in a lot of different ways. And over the last couple of weeks, I've had some really bizarre things happen during the night. And some are, are there's startling things that are happening. There's some things that are happening that are more of an agitation type thing or a, um, a troubling type of thing that's happening in the middle of the night. And as these things start to happen, I can see things playing out really detailed and then I wake up the next day and they start to happen I mean immediately and as we go through this and this one here is not the main passage that really spoke to me is with King Nebuchadnezzar and so just bear with me here I may kind of get feel like I'm kind of going back and forth because there's just so much in here but we need to know that God has planted us exactly where we need to, need to be in Him. Our assignment and our placement is totally directed by Him. No matter what it feels like, no matter what it looks like in the natural, He is with us. And I say that to you, not just from a mere mental, you know, people use that terminology all the time. It's so easy to just say that. But... When you're in the thick middle of something like this, I mean, you guys know exactly what it feels like. You know what it feels like to be troubled on every side, right? You know what it feels like to be um, perplexed but not in despair. You know, how can that happen? The only way that we can, we can remain perfectly aligned is to be in His Spirit and let His Spirit just overwhelm us. And so much of what I feel like it's going on around us. Maybe, maybe this is not you. Maybe I'm just preaching to me. But um, my mind sometimes is, is, is really working overtime and not, not in a good way either. And the Lord is always faithful, though. He's always faithful to come in a visitation or, or just a stirring in my spirit and just take me, take me away or you away. And, and, and for a moment, he realigns you perfectly 
to what he's doing, and he and he and he's so gr- he's so good about doing that. And so in this dream, it's it's just I, I just wonder if Pharaoh dreamed. Why Pharaoh? I know he's he's one in authority at this point, but it's just really I don't know. I've always read some of these thinking, well. Um, I know God can use evil kings, and he can bring about his plan and purpose in any way he chooses. And this is one of these instances. But why Pharaoh? I don't know, just something to really think about. Um, Verse 5, And he slept, and he dreamed the second time. And behold, there's seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears, and blasted with east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his ruach was troubled. And this is the phrase, not from this passage, but we'll see later on how Nebuchadnezzar, it says, the ruach within him was troubled or paamed here. And um, there, there was a, an agitation that came through this dream that really stirred Pharaoh to try to understand what was going on. He had no idea what this meant. But it was interesting. I'd never seen that his ruach was troubled. I mean, we think of the ruach of the pneuma in us, right? But remember, as pastors taught a, whole, a lot over these last number of weeks, the spirit within. It, and, and so every person, including Pharaoh's, has this deposit on the inside of them. And sometimes God's going to visit them, and they don't know what to do with this, but then that's when Joseph comes along. Or that's when Daniel comes along. And that's us, because we know that God has gifted a lot of us in a lot of different ways. Joseph's gifting in this was, was really different than Daniel's. And we're going we're to look at that uh, as we go through this. Very much different. And... We can see the, the creativeness of the Lord through both of them. But here he is, and he's troubled, this palm. And, he, and he is, what, is, what does he do immediately? He sends and he calls for all the magicians. This is just somebody that's a horoscopist, drawing of lines and circles. Of Egypt, and he calls all the wise men. And he told, Pharaoh told him his dream. But there was none that could interpret and that just means to open up unto them um, this, this dream unto Pharaoh. So look who he's turning to. Those within his, his circle. He's looking to the magicians. He's looking to those that he considers to be wise men. But none of them could bring about any kind of measure of interpretation. I think that's interesting. I know the Lord... And his spirit is, is, is stirring. I don't know how this is going to manifest. I mean, it, it's, already, it's happened, but there's something further, I think, that is, is going to happen with this. And he's going to, there are going to be leaders like Pharaoh that are going to have these supernatural encounters via dream or whatever. And God's going to use us, different ones, to be able to speak into them. They're going to they're going to use all other resources to try to gain an interpretation, but then the favor of the Lord is going to be upon us to hear something and be able to give an interpretation to that individual, if that makes sense. Um, verse 9, 
Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. And Pharaoh was very wroth with his servants, and he put them in the ward and the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief butler. And we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he, we dreamed each according to the interpretation of his dream. Enter Joseph. And there was, there was with us a young man, a Hebrew, a servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted, or he opened up unto us our dreams to each man, According to his dream, he did interpret. This is interesting. Here, here's one of the characteristics of Joseph was Joseph had to hear the dream and then the interpretive abilities that was deposited on the inside of him, then he began to expound and open it up to Pharaoh or to the individuals here in this, um, in this passage. And it came to pass, as he interpreted unto us, so it was, me he restored into mine office, and him he hanged. Then, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him in hastily out of the dungeon. He shaved himself, changed his raiment, and he came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can open it up. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream. And the word for understand here is Shema. I find that very interesting. So to understand a dream, what is, it means in the Shema sense, it means he was able to hear something and then obediently deliver what was given to him as far as the interpretation is concerned. I think that's, and we, we do this a lot, but I think there's, as Pastor mentioned Wednesday night, there there's new things God's doing in us, and, and maybe it's he's doing something in our interpretive abilities. Maybe he's, he's, he's opening up our ability to hear something very quickly and be able to hear his voice and give an interpretation um, in a moment's notice. And that can be very, rather nerve-wracking, but that's, that's what's going on here. You know, Joseph didn't have time to proscune on the floor for two hours and get an interpretation. I mean, he was pressed in this moment to be able to deliver something as he heard it. And, and, and look back at the dream. I mean, how many of I don't know about you, I couldn't, you know, God can do anything through us, but here he's talking about these different kind, these ill-favored and lean-fleshed and standing by a riverbank and um, corn. and <laughs> It's just really bizarre. But Joseph comes to the scene, and he opens up to him the interpretation. But look at what Joseph says in verse 16. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. Elohim shall give Pharaoh an answer of shalom. So Joseph recognized in and of himself there was no way he could bring this to pass. But the heart of God was going to give Pharaoh an answer that was going to result in, in peace. Rather than the troubling that he was feeling in the very beginning in, in, in his Ruach. And then verse 17. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven kind, fat-fleshed and well-favored, and they fed in a meadow. 
And so he's just recounting this dream in these next few verses. In verse 22, he says, And I saw in my dream, behold, seven ears came up in one stalk, full and good, and then I awoke. And then he goes back through, and he says, I saw in the dream the seven ears. I just read that. Never mind. Verse 23. And behold, seven ears withered, seven good ears, and told this unto the magicians, but there was none that to declare unto me. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream is one. And look what he says here. Elohim has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. And so when I read that, my spirit began to leap on the inside of me, going, you know what, this, this whole dream here and what was, was, was purpose-laden to Pharaoh, he had no idea what it meant, and God was going to use Joseph to bring him in to reveal the heart of God and what he was, what he was really going to be doing in that moment. And we know, from the, as we continue to read through this, that there were going to be seven good years where there was going to be plenty, and then there were going to be seven years a famine so i'm not declaring you know things that are going to be bad i'm just saying i know that god is going to use us in a lot of different ways to bring about and to speak into people's lives what elohim is wanting to do they're going to they may come to you or me and say you know what i had a, had a dream the other night and in the dream they start to tell you what it is and then God begins to really open up our ability to say, you know what, tell this person, this is what this means. This is what I'm trying to do. And as that happens, then things are going to begin to be ignited on the inside of people. And um, so let's keep reading. Verse 26. The seven good kind are seven years, and the seven ears are seven years. The dream is one. The seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty years blasted with east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What Elohim is about to do, he shows to Pharaoh. Behold, there will come seven years of great plenty. And that great plenty there means to just feel to satisfaction. Throughout all the land of Egypt. Look at the place where God's doing this too. Egypt and and there shall arise after them seven years of famine and hunger and then all the plenty shall be forgotten which means that they're going to be totally oblivious to but they choose to do this because they're not paying attention um, to you know what God's doing in the land of Egypt and the famine shall consume the land and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following for it should be very grievous. And for that dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice, it is because the thing is established by Elohim, and God will shortly bring it to pass. And so, I mean, there's, there's a lot to this. Another thing that, that we need to remember, when God is pouring out plenty in the land, we need to be those that, that don't become oblivious when, when things start to move over into like a famine type of state. And, and, and I know that that could easily happen to anyone. I mean, if you're faced with, you know, famine on a, on a yearly basis, it's real easy to kind of go into that, that thinking that, you know, hey, I can't, I can't even remember the good. You know, God's all about wanting us to remember. He says that over and over again throughout the Scripture. And we're going to see another passage in a moment where, um, and the enemy doesn't want us to remember the good. 
The enemy doesn't want us to remember the, the satisfaction that we get from the Lord when he, when he blesses the land and he blesses us. And so let's look at this next example. And this involves um, uh, the life of Samson. Samson and the Ruach of Yahweh. I love this one. It says in Judges 13, verses 24 through 25, And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and Yahweh blessed him. And the Ruach of Yahweh began to move or pa'ah him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Estaol. And so the only thing I'm going to say about this one is, is this connection with the Ruach of, of Yahweh, the, 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 the plan of God would, would, would come upon him and cause him to, to move and, 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 and go forward. And, and in this case here, I don't see this as a, um, you know, we, we saw it translated as troubled in the, other, in the previous passage. I'm not sure that this is like an agitation or not. This is more of a, uh, a, a, an inner working of the, the spirit of the Lord the plan of God inside Samson that caused him to, to, to move forward. Does that make sense? So I'm going to pause for a minute. I feel like I'm just kind of babbling up here. Anybody have any comments so far? I, I love the different um, dimensions of the spirit of the Lord. You know, it's the, 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 the Ruach of Yahweh. And I remember so many different times where we, we've all experienced this, where the plan of God was so prominent with inside you, and you could feel that. It's, it's just who he is. And then you've got the spirit of God or Elohim, his heart, being able to feel what he feels and, and sense the things that are going on there. Um, just different dimensions of, of God. It, it's so incredible. Now let's look at Psalm 77. Now, this particular passage, there's a lot of, there's a lot of negativity in here, but I want to I focus on not that, even though it's here. We'll look at the, um, the negative and turn it into a positive. The writer of Psalms says this, I cried unto, unto Elohim with my voice, even unto Elohim with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, and the word there is tightness or being in a tight place or like an, a, an opponent that's crowding in upon you. He says, I saw Adonai. And I think that's really important um, for all of us. You know, I know it's important for me. When, whenever we're faced with challenges or obstacles or mountains or whatever it might be, there, there is an inner propensity. And I guess I could kind of make myself a little bit more vulnerable here. <laughs> there, is, there is this inner propensity in me to want to kind of pull away. When I'm faced with, with things that are very challenging or troubling. But in this case, when that happens, rather than doing that, we need to continue to seek Adonai. And, and Adonai here always means what? Assignment and placement. No matter what we're faced with. He says, my sore ran in the night, and it ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted, 
And then he kind of comes back to verse 3 and he says, you know what, but I remembered Elohim. He came back to his senses in a way and says, I need to remember those things that are within the heart of God. But then he says, and when I did that, though, I was troubled. A different word. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled or pa'am that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times, but I call to remembrance, there it is again, my song in the night. I commune with my own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? Will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in his anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. And then here's the, here's the final verse that, that needs to resonate in all of us. And I said, even in the midst of all of that trouble, even in the midst of all of that not being comforted, he says, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years at the right hand of the Most High. Amen. No matter what we're faced, no matter where we're placed or where we're assigned, if we can remember, we have to consciously tell ourselves, no matter what, what voice might be shouting something totally contrary to that, we have to tell ourselves, I need to remember. I need to, to, to think about the things that God has allowed me to partner with him at that right hand. Those are, those are things that will encourage us. Those are things that will propel us forward. And we need to speak, when, you know, to one another, truth to our neighbor, right? We need, when we see, one, when we yeah. see one, uh, another member that might be struggling or might be uh, troubled or whatever it might be, we need, to go, we need to come alongside and we need to speak words like this. Yeah. Say, hey, man, let's remember being at the right hand. Let's remember Elohim. Let's remember his heart. What is he saying he's doing currently in our midst? It's just a word. I know it's for me. Mm -hmm. Now, let's look at Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel. I'm kind of flying through all this. It's a new day. It is a new day. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel. I, now, I thought about putting together a... Um, a little comparison chart of, of Joseph and Daniel, but I just didn't have enough time. But with, in this case, with Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, it speaks of the latter days and secrets being revealed. Now, this, this is not any kind of new revelation or insight, but let's just kind of look at this together. His spirit or ruach is troubled or palmed. Daniel 2, beginning in verse 1. And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams, wherein his ruach, or the deposit of the, uh, the Spirit of God within him, was troubled, palmed, and his sleep broke from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So there's, there's a similarity here between Joseph and with what's happening here. Nebuchadnezzar is turning towards those within his, 
his, his fear of influence as well, and he, he's troubled to the point where he has no idea what this dream really means. And he's looking for understanding. He's looking for interpretation, but there's nothing there. The lights are on, but nobody's home, right? And so they came, and they stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my ruach was pa'am to know the dream. So there was this stirring, and there was this kind of an agitation type of thing inside him to know the dream. But then in verse 4, it says, the Chaldeans began to speak to him. In Syriac, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream, and we will show you the interpretation. We will open it up, but you first... We need to hear the dream in great detail. Very similar to what happened in, uh, with, with Joseph. Now, notice, too, that the magicians didn't come forward, the astrologers didn't come forward, nor the sorcerers. It was the Chaldeans. And there's something there, too. I mean, we know that the Chaldeans were a very spiritual, uh, spiritually sensitive people. And so they come forward and they say, if you tell us, then we can show you and give you an interpretation. And the king said unto the Chaldeans, the thing is gone from me. So the dream that he had, nada, it's, it's gone, it's left him. If you will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation, then I'm going to cut you in pieces. There's some extreme ramifications here. I mean, this is, this is serious business. <laughs> and not only that, but your houses shall be made a dunghill. Of all things, you're going to cut me in pieces, then you're going you're to take my house and make it into a dunghill. Wow. I think at that point, I would just have to you know, bail and say, you know what, never mind. <laughs> but in verse 6, it says, but if you will show the dream and the interpretation, open it up, then I'm going to give you gifts, rewards, and great honor. So he was saying, I will bestow upon you great benefits if you're able to open this up. And so you have a snapshot into the spirit or the ruach of the king. I mean, really, it's kind of like when the Lord began to open up the spirit world to all of us. We had, I had no idea. We knew it was there mentally. But once he opens it up inside you and around you, that's a totally different dynamic. So we have a snapshot into what's going on deep inside the Ruach of the king. I think that's really significant. I mean, it's, it's obviously he's troubled. Obviously he's agitated and he doesn't know how to deal with this. It's something new. Have we ever been in that situation? And we're there now, actually, in a lot of ways. When God begins to do something new inside us, it's, you want to know what's happening, and so we can relate to that in some ways. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation. And then they answered again and said, let the king tell us the dream. So a second time, they say, you know what? You've got to tell us the dream before we can do anything with it, and then we will show you page three the interpretation the king answered and said listen to his words here 
I know of a certainty that you're trying to gain time. Because you see, this thing is gone from me. But if you will make known unto me the dream, there, there is one decree for you. You have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can show me the interpretation thereof. I mean, he's really direct with this. And, he, and he's, he's like, you know, you, you, you're playing games, you know, you're trying to gain time. And he says, I want to know what this is. It's gone from me. I can't even tell you what it is anymore. Then the Chaldeans turned and they answered the king and they said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler that has asked, and that word asked there is Sheol, and not Sheol, but Sheol, and it stems to Sha'al, such things that any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. And it is a rare thing that the king requires, and there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. And so basically, they're telling him, there's no way this can happen. There is no person on the planet at this point that can do this thing that you're asking. It's an impossible situation. There's no way this can happen. And this is all setting the stage for the favor of the Lord to be upon one person that he has assigned to do the impossible. This is an impossibility beyond anything. In the, I mean, it's, it's incredible. It really is. And verse 11 says this. Now we just read that. Verse 12. For this cause, the king was angry and very furious, and he commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Now I'm going to bring this passage up here on my phone. I should have had it up already, but just a second. Because I didn't include the entire chapter there. But there are a lot of different things that go happen in between the, 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 the next verses. <coughs> Let me get to it here. I didn't put this on your handout, but I'm, I'm going to read verse 14. Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? And then Arioch made the thing known unto Daniel. And then we come to verse 16 here. And this is where God begins to use Daniel in some phenomenal ways. And he reveals the the dream and gives the interpretation to Daniel in a night vision. Unbelievable. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time. Remember earlier he accused uh, the others for trying to gain time, right? Daniel goes in and says, give me some time. 
ironic because he doesn't say, you know what, I'm going to slay you, I'm going to cut you into pieces, and I'm going to turn your houses into dunghill, right? There's some favor that's here. And he's asking, and he said that so that he could show the king the interpretation. And then Daniel went to his house, and he made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning the secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And, and I know that, I don't know, for some reason this, this thing has just kind of struck me in, in, in a much more profound way. That, and I think some of it's because of the, the unique experiences that have been, been going on at night where... <laughs> where you see things happening and immediately the next day they start to manifest. This is what's going on. I mean, it's not where you, where you have to wait six months for something to begin to materialize. And I believe the Lord is really wanting to do this in a new way with all of us to where while we rest, our spirit's alive and awake and He wants to open up things to us of a spiritual nature, but also maybe it's not as spirit. Maybe it's just him kind of directing you and saying, okay, you're getting ready to encounter this couple over here today. And I'm preparing you and I want, I'm sharing some things in this night vision that I want you to speak into them. Or, or, you see what I'm saying? So like, more practical ways. You may not be before Pharaoh. You might be. You might not be before a, a Nebuchadnezzar, but you, you, we're before people every single day and these same individuals have the ruach or the deposit of God on the inside of them every human being on this planet has that within them it might not be alive it might be dead but I believe these instances in here with Pharaoh and with Nebuchadnezzar how God is 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 um, I gotta go back here sorry He's doing something in the Ruach of people and they need help understanding what's going on. And a lot of what we do is that. We're explaining to them things that God is, is doing on the inside of them. And, and I'm really applying this in a lot of different ways because it can be. We need to be ready like Joseph and, and be led by His Spirit in ways beyond the norm, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and things that are, that are unusual. I mean, because these are, these are both bizarre. Um, you know, if somebody came to you and they were telling you a dream about corn and <laughs> all these other things, it, would, it might be challenging to give an interpretation, but if, if, if we're hearing the Lord and obeying, I mean, we, it, we're, we're reliant on Him more than we are ourselves. I guess is what I'm saying. Because he's the one that is stirring up the Ruach or troubling the Ruachs of people across the world or, or the kings of this world, whatever they may be. And, and he's directing us at night like Daniel here and saying, okay, I'm going to reveal to you what's going on and you're going to speak to that person. You see, see where I'm going with this? Maybe I'm not saying this too well, but... <sighs> 
But the way that it came, no person came to Daniel and said, Daniel, you know, he didn't go counsel with other people. He didn't. He really didn't. He just, he went, to, other than going to his companions, he said, this is what we're faced with, guys. Let's ask for the mercies of God for God, him to reveal this secret. And if we can stay there in, in, with that frame of mind and go, Lord, we're faced with something that's really massive here and, and uh, the consequences can be, can be dire and deadly and um, anything can happen. But Lord, we're, we're, we're trusting you to reveal secrets like this. You think God's going to turn us away? I think not. I, I know the Lord is going to use us in ways like he did with Daniel beyond what we've known to this point. And the way that he did it was through a night vision. And, and I know we, we don't have a lot of time to, to go through the entire vision. I mean, it's, it's incredible to see all that God revealed in that night vision to, to Daniel. And I'm going I'm to look at a few other verses. Um, trying to skip down some here. That was verse 19, right? Yep. And in verse 20, this is not on your sheet either, but it says, And Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and he sets up kings. He gives wisdom unto the wise and knowledge unto them that know understanding. He reveals the deep and the secret things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. So Daniel recognized, and, and, I, and I know we all recognize this, it still just is mind-boggling to think, think of how God can do this and reveal these things. It's just incredible. And, and so Daniel is really expressing his heart to God and saying, Lord, you've done all this. You're in the darkness. You know exactly what's going on there. Light dwells within you. And you can reveal anything that, that's hidden. And you can make it where it's, where it's revealed. And, I mean, Daniel, I, I just, I'm just astounded at how God did this. I really am. And, and so what does this mean for all of us? Be ready for things to happen in the night in a different way. It may startle you. It may trouble you. It may, I mean, it can, there's a lot of different things that can happen. But just believe the Lord to lead you and guide you in whatever it is he's trying to reveal. And then verse 23 says this. And I thank thee and I praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might. He goes back to those two, wisdom and might. And has made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto me the king's matter. So Daniel is, is so appreciative. And, and I know we all are for, for what God's doing in us. And, and so many times... 
I don't think I don't think we take it for granted. Well, we could, but it just becomes uh, so normal for us. You know that we just we just pray in tongues, we pray in diversities of tongues, and we we just keep doing the things the Lord wants us to do. But I believe, like Pastor said on Wednesday night, the things that He's doing now are are new. They're different. And um, anyway, I think I beat that horse to death. Any any comments? Well, let's look at Daniel 2, verses 44 through 45. It says this, and, and, and this was really amazing. I hadn't seen this one either. The interpretation that Daniel got, it says it was sure, but that word for sure there comes from Ammon. The interpretation came from the right hand. And in those days of those kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall, be, shall, be, it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Forasmuch as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, and the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what shall soon come to pass here, hereafter. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof is Ammon. That's amazing. Daniel didn't, he didn't have to conjure up the interpretation. He didn't have to read 15 books on interpretive skills, right? He just got before the Lord. And God, in a night vision, said, okay, I'm going to open it up. Here you go. And it was very, very detailed. I mean, we didn't even look at the, all the, the, the specifics of, of what was revealed. And so, to, to kind of close... I just jotted down, there's four things here that, that came to mind as I began to think about ending this. The first one is this. We need to know our assignment and our placement. Adonai. And just know that God is, God is fully aware of everything that we're, we're faced with. I mean... So many times the enemy wants us to think uh, the, the opposite, right? But God, God knows. He, he's in control, and he knows exactly what he's doing. Number two is we need to remember Elohim or remember his heart. Remember the, those times in intercession where, we, we've, where we've been allowed to feel the heart of God and, and, and know the heart of God and, and, and hear what he's saying we, we have to remember and so why would God always use that terminology throughout scripture well he knows we easily forget at least he knows I do sometimes <laughs> we do we forget things we're human but we there is a tendency for us to um, I don't think we do it on purpose but it just happens number three remember the years at the right hand that psalmist wrote that psalm, and he went through all this stuff, and he was saying, I'm not comforted. Oh, my soul refuses to be comforted. You know, I'm in trouble, and da-da-da-da. But then he comes back, and he says, you know what? But I, I need to remember the years that God's allowed me to function at the right hand. Those things are so important for all of us.
Number four is to be led by his spirit in new ways. Because the days that we're in are far different than what we were 20 years ago. And so I could add a few more. We've got about five minutes left. So let me just kind of recap. So what does is, what is, what is all this really mean? I mean, when you look at Joseph and you look at Daniel and how God used them, it was really, there were some similarities, but there were vast differences. Every one of us in this room has interpretive abilities. Some of you need to hear something, and then you can give the interpretation, but others of you, you know, God's gifted you to where he can reveal something in a night vision. And sometimes it's so... I'm just, I'm just speaking from a heart here. Sometimes it's hard to know the timing of something like that, you know. But when, it, when you have a, a, a night vision like this and it just starts to happen the next day, there's, <laughs> you know it's right then and there, right? So just be ready for the Lord to open up new things to you during the night. It's really this teaching. And, and there's a lot of other things involved in it as well. And they're good things. And they're things that will help prepare you for what is to come. And um, with that, I'm going to end a little bit early. <coughs> Tammy. Um, thank you for this, Mark. Um, you know, Joseph and uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, they were in authority and all of that obviously was the word palm, you know, troubled. They were troubled. And then the interpretation came through one of God's men. Um, you know, you know, you try to um, compare that to what your experiences have been. Obviously I've never had that kind of experience, you know, where I interpreted a king's dream. Someone in authority, you know, right, right. Uh, that's not happened to me. Um, I have had dreams uh, going to bed, not troubled at all but had a dream that troubled me and asked the Lord for the interpretation, uh, prayed about it. Sometimes I would get counsel. That has happened. But I was trying to uh, connect with Ma'am, and um, it starts out with the definition to tap or beat regularly. And uh, I could identify with that. Couldn't identify with the trouble. I understood it. You know, we have examples here. But I could identify with that because uh, of recent, and this has never happened to me before, is it's like uh, <coughs> I had the dream more than once. And it's in this dream, I am rehearsing. I go through the whole dream. Um, I feel like I'm being reminded of things, uh, asked to speak these things, but I do it over and over and over. And just most recently, I had a dream that I had at least three times uh, and the reason I just say three is because I thought about these three nights. But sometimes I felt like maybe I had it twice that night. It just was so uh, resident within me and so clear. Um, so I wanted to bring that up. So yeah, it was almost like a tapping or like a beating. You know, I was uh, doing that, rehearsing <coughs> it over and over and over. Um, 
So, uh, oh, and at the end, I'll finish my thought. At the end, um, the last night, I actually, uh, the Lord woke me up. It was early in the morning, and he actually gave me the interpretation of the dream. Because I was just kind of rehearsing it over and over and over and over and over. Very repetitive. And then that last night, woke up early, had the interpretation, and I just got out of bed, and I wrote it down. Because um, I didn't think I was going to forget, but I, in my mind, I felt it was detailed. And I felt like I was going to forget some of the details because there was a lot of detail to it. And so that was a new experience for me. I've never had that occur before. So I, I'm not sure that it's Pa'am. I'm thinking it is. I kind of identified with that first part of the definition. Mm -hmm. Thanks, thanks for sharing. I think that's definitely a <coughs> part of it. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts or? Have you ever had a dream similar to these two, Mark? Um, curiosity. Well, this this past couple of weeks has been really bizarre, <laughs> uh, um, very troubling type things. Um, and this guy, I, I identified with, and this sounds really strange because I don't I don't want to. Um, I identified somewhat with how Nebuchadnezzar, the. the the feeling that he had when it said his ruach was troubled. Um, that's happened several times this past week where things were, were happening and I could see and hear and knew certain people and um, there was tr I was troubled all in the midst of it. And um, so I, I, felt, I felt that several times this past week. This is very much new, <laughs> yes. So, so the things that I was kind of, uh, and, and, it, 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 and the agitation type thing that comes from it as well is something that I felt. And um, it's key for me is the Lord's constantly saying, Mark, when these things happen, you've got to just keep standing and keep interceding because I say this a lot, and, and, I don't, and I'm not speaking it to any of you. Well, I am, but I'm speaking it more to myself. But being in his spirit is what keeps us sane. And I, I use that terminology because our mind sometimes can really cause us to go astray in a lot of different ways. And, but when, I, when, I'm, when I'm with the Lord and, and, and praying in the spirit, man, everything makes sense. Everything is perfect. I feel so alive and I feel so fresh on the inside in my mind and in my spirit. And those times are like, okay, Mark, remember, you, you've got to stay with me and continually pray in my breath because my breath can remove um, troubling things or 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 agitation, or, or whatever it might be, he can align us perfectly because there are no imperfections in his breath. 
And he reminds me that a lot, and I'm grateful for that. And, and those are the things that help me to, and I know you as well, get through things that you're, you're facing that are, are new or might be troubling. Nancy, were you going to say something? You look like, <laughs> okay. I think Christian was. <laughs> I'm not trying to quiz you here, but was it actually in dream form, I guess was my next question. Or was it more just an experience? More, it, was, it was more external. Yeah, okay. it wasn't necessarily a... Like an intercessory experience? It was, it was kind of like a, it was like a night vision type okay. thing. Okay. I say kind of because, you know, I could hear voices, I could see people, and um, I was... There was this troubling feeling, and so all of that going on okay. at the same time. Where we're all uniquely gifted, we're all going <laughs> to perceive it differently, you know. Right. It'd be very boring if we all did it the same way. Exactly, right. But, you know, it. I'm encouraged because I'm just astounded by the ways God can reveal something. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And um, for all of us, you know, from a very practical standpoint, you know, the Lord may reveal something to you in a dream or a night vision or, or whatever way he does. And the very next day he may say, hey, speak to this person here. So it applies in a lot of ways. And we just need to be ready and available and just trust his spirit. I mean, <coughs> one of the things that I appreciate about so many of you and Les, you know, one of the things that Les really focuses on when he, he'll, um, he's always positive most of the time. So he, did, he, he, never, he never deals with negativity at all. And... Um, you know, there, we, we all have different experiences. And I, and I try to learn the best that I can from what I, what I face. And I know you do, too. It's challenging sometimes, especially when it's new. And so I'm, I'm trusting the Lord like you to just continue to train us in this next phase in Him. And um, I think the thing that's so important to remember is that, you know, when you devote yourself to God, like, well, we know Daniel did. Joseph was kind of put in a situation. But all I can say about that is that, you know, I taught on that. And, and so I spent a lot of time studying that, that scenario. And, I mean, we don't really know what happened with him during all those years of imprisonment or, you know, when he was a slave, you know. We don't really know what his cogitations were on a daily basis regarding that. I'm sure, he, I mean, folks, he was still human. So we know he was pissed at his brothers. He couldn't believe this unjust thing had happened. I'm sure. I mean, who wouldn't have thought, oh, this is great. I'm so glad that happened. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you don't automatically think, oh, this must be God. You don't think that when something oh, bad happens. So you know that he dealt with that. But by the time that he was elevated, he, he knew then that all of that was for the purpose of the Lord. And also in every situation he found himself in, uh, the grace of Yahweh was with him. So, you know, there was that relational plan 
that was probably being kind of like aligning him along the way, even though he probably struggled. But what we had to know is that when we, when we are in the plan of God, that no matter what we're faced with, we're going to be given what we need to do the deal. And it doesn't matter if it's interpreting a dream or just knowing how to go forward, a strategy for ministry or a strategy for avoiding the enemy or some complication. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna know because God, that's what that's what's going on. That's the we're sons, and that's really to me the crux of you know the way He deals with you, Mark, and and really what happened with you not being employed for so long, where you had to be you didn't have to be, but you were just absolutely you know overcome with being up here and being in the presence of the Lord and. It changed you. What God did changed you. And now you know, going forward, you know, the things, because one of the ways that God made you is to have, you know, your get this evangelistic anointing, but it has its pitfalls. God has really girded you up with those pitfalls so that you don't fall because of the things that you ruminate about. But that's the way you were created. You were created to say things a certain way. God has really girded you up, so going forward, you are empowered. You know, stay aligned with Him. And with all of us, for 20 years, we've all been in this training place where our placement, our assignment, He's made us go through things, face things that are our pitfalls, or the things that we would fall because of. And He's girded us up in those areas so that when we go forward, you know, we're in this place, this place with Him. And when we need something and we ask Him, we're gonna get what we need. I mean, that's. Yeah, he, he's he's not about withholding right. things from us. Um, certainly, in setting, setting us up for failure. Right. Now we we in our humanness though, you know, our mind could, could maybe go that direction. That's why it says remember <laughs> at the right hand. That's why it says that because right. if it, this person, you know, if David wasn't going through the ringer here, yeah, have you forgotten how to be? You know, have you forgotten me, God? Have you forgotten how to be good to me? Have you forgotten, you know, you're going to leave me here forever? I mean, this person, David, was was seriously troubled. Yeah. And he's a person who knew God and knew how to rely upon God, and God had been there for him. Yet he felt completely alone in that moment. But so he knew in himself, I've got to remember. I've got to very, remember. Very, very personal. I've got to remember what it means to be at the right hand. I have to remember the things that God has done. And I know that that we've thought about, we've talked about Thanksgiving and how that brings an element of grace to your moment. If you start being thankful and start remembering and being thankful, it really can pull you out of that mire and that destitution where you don't feel God. I mean, sometimes we have to do it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, those are no, all. No, no, that's good. Thanks for sharing. Appreciate that. Hey, Mark. Yes. Reminded me of something that happened this past week. I got an email from a friend who said a friend had had this dream. And she asked me, she, she said, Do you have any idea what this means? And immediately the Lord gave me the interpretation. And um, and the interpretation of it spoke back into that person's purpose for their life and, and going forward in God's plan. That's great. I mean, that's exactly what Joseph did. And 
That's awesome. You know, do you think about, uh, uh, just kind of a final note here. I just want us to think about just see see people look look beyond all the the physical aspects of the person and try to see into their spirit and look through the eyes of the Lord and, and say you know what they have a deposit of the ruach in them. And speak into that, as the Lord directs, obviously. And be ready at any given moment. I mean, we, we, we might not be before a Pharaoh, but I might be before um, someone at the grocery store <laughs> or, or an email or something. And really, I don't always do this, but this is kind of one of those reminders when I read this first, when I saw the, the spirit of the Ruach of this, this evil king was troubled. Wait a minute, did I read that right? He has the deposit inside him too. I've never, I don't know why, but I've never quite registered that in that way. And God is wanting to use us to speak into the very deposit that's on the inside of people. To give them understanding to give them direction, to help them know what's going on. Um, one other thing about this word, Pa'am, in the dream that this person had, it was a recurring dream, and it was a troubling dream. And um, so, yeah, the Lord just, you know, when, when I was asked if, if I had any idea what it might mean, um, the Lord immediately showed me and I was able to speak purpose. That's great. Praise the Lord. 